at Goldman Sachs and Bentle Green Oak Investment Entities, they've started the process of raising billions to specifically invest in distressed commercial real estate. Some people are looking at this as a a sign that things are going to turn around. The end is near, that things are going to get better. We're at the bottom. We at the bottom yet? No. No. And we'll talk about why. In the meantime, we've got a doom loop in San Francisco that looks like it's going to the moon. Let's get into it. Here we go. San Francisco's real estate reset is already happening. And we've been talking about it. We've been talking about it building by building and what that impact is on the the city of San Francisco and its tax revenue. San Francisco's prophesied real estate reset, a revaluation of buildings that could bludgeon the city's budget, has started to take root. Now, it will bludgeon the city's budget because so much of what the city depends upon for money to run everything is based on real estate taxes, right? Or excise taxes, the sale of a property when it happens. City gets a little bit of money. Last year, the city projected a $720 million two-year deficit due in large part to the negative revenue impacts caused by a shift to remote work and the hit to commercial real estate. If you haven't been following this podcast at all, or you're new to this topic, what you've got going on is during the pandemic, A lot of companies, because we weren't going to the office anymore because people might get the Rona, they shifted to a work from home. And in California, with all the technology, specifically San Francisco, that was one of the hardest hit cities to be impacted from work from home. And now you've got few businesses going back into the downtown core. On top of that, street conditions in San Francisco are a lot like Seattle and Portland, and those areas have suffered as well as far as companies wanting to have their employees in the downtown core. So as you've got an exodus of companies and people from the downtown core, the value of buildings drops, the number of sales drops, the assessed value, which the city can tax based on assessed values, drops. All of that goes into a budget that has dropped, doesn't have the revenue to fund it, So there's your doom loop. So they have two options, either raise taxes or reduce services, meaning, why would I want to go to that city if the taxes are that high and I'm not getting anything for my dollar because they've just cut half the bus, you know, system because they don't have the money to run it. And that is the doom loop that right now does appear to be going to the moon from the standpoint of, well, we're not at the bottom yet, so it's going to keep on a going. So we got $720 million and that is, that's a budget deficit, and that is expected to go to, I think, $1.3 billion in the very near future. I mean, you got a massive deficit that's going to happen. When it came to actually pass the budget, however, this is the city of San Francisco, what resulted was a year of record spending. The city leaders plugging the gap by shifting around sources of revenue and pulling from its financial reserves. You can only do that for so long. And then the reality of the situation is, oh, yeah. Some people are talking about they're going to need a massive federal bailout. A lot of these cities are because they don't have the ability to, you know, float this debt. Hey, you want to buy some bonds backed by the city of San Francisco? Ah, uh, you been to San Francisco lately? 
Maybe not. But those tactics have not changed the underlying calculus leading to years of anticipated shortfalls expected to rise to $1 billion by 2026. Moreover, increasing signs of stress are showing up in the numbers. And that's what I've been following. And that's what a lot of my podcasts have been here. Here's this building. This is what it was purchased for. This is what it's now pending for. This is what it's probably closed for you know, fractions of what properties were either worth or purchased even just a few years ago. Because these buildings, their value is based on income stream. It's based on tenants occupying the project. And in San Francisco, you got 23, 25, who knows how many million square feet. But, you know, officially, I think it's indicated to be 23%. And you've got a vacancy factor of 30 plus percent. It's so like one out of every three spaces is vacant in San Francisco. Yeah, that's going to take years at a normal absorption rate of businesses coming in and taking down space. But now you've got businesses leaving because everybody's still working from home. You got some companies that are saying, oh, we're making sure that everybody's, you know, you got Chase coming in and saying, oh, work from, work from home is over. No go, guys. We're not doing that anymore. That was fun while it lasted, but yeah, Elon Musk with, with Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I kind of refuse to call it X. That just seems stupid, but whatever. You know, so home sales in San Francisco, which provided a smaller portion of tax revenue, have also dropped from their 2021 peak. So that's residential home sales. But the big one is commercial. How about the absolute grinding halt to the apartment, big apartment construction? I mean, costs have gone through the roof and the cost to finance those projects, just astronomical right now because of the interest rate environment, right? It went through the roof because we're trying to break the back of inflation, Paul Volcker style, right? In the last fiscal year, San Francisco pulled in $186 million in transfer tax revenue, the lowest number in more than a decade, according to Ted Egan, the city's chief economist. Well, that can't be a good sign. Let's see. How's that going? That's <laughs> the worst in a decade. Egan said the last time the transfer tax was lower was all the way back in 2010, right at the beginning of the Great Recession, right? We're a couple of years in and we're starting to really feel what that looked like when the city earned just $135 million from that source in the wake of the Great Recession. There you go. The revenue that came in for 2022 2023 was more than $100 million lower than the prior budget projections made by the city. So you can offset this with some, you know, some moving of funds around and, you know, maybe you got a little bit of that Fed money in there or that COVID money, that good old fashioned COVID money that has made the inflation just, you know, you dump a bunch of trillions of dollars into the economy. Guess what happens? Yeah, this stuff. Compare that with 2021 and 2022, when the city earned $520 million in transfer tax, buoyed by major property sales like the purchase of PG&E's former downtown headquarters for $800 million and the $1 billion sale of the exchange in Mission Bay. They're pointing these stories out to basically say, we don't have any of that going on right now. What few sales we do have are of much lower sales price. And the big buildings, those are just being tabled from the standpoint of the only things that are happening to them are foreclosures because nobody wants to sell in this market. If you don't need to sell in this market, you won't because you're going to take an absolute bath 
Because again, these properties are based upon their income stream as far as, all right, well, what percentage of your building is occupied? Well, about half. Okay. And how much you want for it? Oh, yeah. No can do. Although transfer tax is considered a volatile source of income from the city because it's based on excise tax, right? When you go to sell a building, you're going to have to pay to the city. You don't really know what that's consistently going to look like. Whereas assessed value and property taxes, a much more consistent source of tax revenue for the city. The transfer tax um, is considered a volatile source of income for the city because of its heavy reliance on large commercial properties trading hands. Haven't had much of that lately, have we? No, no. Only bloodbath sales, right? Only just somebody who's got to get it off their books is going to go down. Those are the only people selling right now, because if you can, you're going to try and wait it out. It's been an increasingly common tool in recent years to pad San Francisco's budget, talking about transfer tax. A number of local ballot measures, including 2010's Proposition N, 2016's Proposition W, and 2020's Proposition I, have progressively raised the transfer tax rate on expensive properties. Currently, the transfer tax rate for properties over 10 million is five and a half to six percent higher than the top rate of any other major city in California. So it is more expensive to sell a property in California than anywhere else in the state. And it's expensive to sell anything anywhere in California because it's a state propped up based on taxes, right? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? We haven't seen numbers like this since the Great Recession, Egan said, as far as income coming to the city. It's always been very volatile, but the revenue stream is getting increasing reliant on sales of a few properties, and that increases its volatility even further. So they're saying, in recent years, you've had big buildings sell, and that's provided a lot of money. But now those sales aren't there. And we don't know. We don't know you know, what the market actually is, what percentage of the market we're at now relative to values, even a couple of years ago, like 2019 pre-pandemic, because we don't have enough data to basically support a real accurate number. When you don't have comparable sales, you got to basically guess. You have to extrapolate from the data you've got. And when you don't have any sales, good luck. And you take a guess and you're going to guess conservatively because why would you guess aggressively in a downward market? You don't. That's that's what morons do. Property tax discounts. But these declines in value aren't just hitting the city when building trades hands. An increasing number of property owners are filing for temporary reductions in their assessed value, which means a property tax discount. So the city is getting hit 10 ways from Sunday on its ability to collect tax revenue for a budget. <laughs> that has got a massive gap between what they're collecting and what they need to spend just to keep things going. All told, 2,873 property assessment appeals in San Francisco were filed to the Assessment Appeals Board, reflecting more than $60 billion in total property values. So they got a bunch of appeals because people know that their property values are declining. They're going to go back to the city and say, I want you to assess this for less. The county or whatever entity it is that ends up taxing. They're going to go back and say, no, this isn't worth it. I'm not paying taxes on this. I'm paying taxes on way, way less. That's their argument. 
whether it goes through or not. Well, when you've had a massive tanking of values, and it'll take a couple of years for this to kind of really cycle through, as it always does. But, you know, the city, the county, they're not going to have much of an argument. No, things are still going up. Like, what? They're not. They've been tanking for the last several years. Look at the, look at all the numbers that are attributed to this. How many square feet you got available? What percentage of the market is, you know, vacant? What few sales we do have? What's that look like? Oh, that's not good. That's not good. So you got a massive, massive amount of taxation that just isn't going to be there. It's just going to disappear. So uncertainty about the commercial real estate market, difficulties getting financing through traditional channels because financing is tightened up. Nobody wants to lend in this market and they just don't. So sharp interest rates and what Egan terms a lack of price discovery. We cannot find the price discovery. Where is the price? Where is it? That's what he's talking about. Has slowed the market for transactions to a crawl because nobody wants to buy because they're figuring it's still going down. Why would I buy now? You know, but everybody always says, buy on the way down. That way, when the bottom has come, you'll know right where it is. And that's why we're talking about, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about big institutional investors getting involved because they know, all right, at some point in time, you're going to have a bottoming out. And then those assets that we buy, those are going to go up. You got to have big pockets for this, right? Talking, you know, at times hundreds of millions of dollars to be a player in this type of market. So essentially, the lack of properties trading hands in the current market means few data points. You have no comps, comps in real estate terms to help accurately price future deals. You don't have those because you've just got a handful of really, you know, oh my gosh, that closed for that. Oh, that's not good. But those are what few sales are going on right now. So what deals are in the works are often coming in at prices lower than the city's assessed value which means a decline in income property tax revenue. Cities getting hit from all different sides. And that's what happens when you have a tanking commercial real estate market. This is just what happens. And this is a large part of the doom loop that we're talking about. It's it's inevitable. It's here that it, cities are experiencing it. And it's just, it's a fact of, fact of 2023, 2024, and markets moving forward. Because you don't have that demand for commercial space because businesses have recognized, hey, the work for home worked for us. And maybe we go to a hybrid model where we're going to work, you know, two days from home out of the week and three days in the office. Everybody has four day, you know, weekends. It's all great. We all love it. That's, that's some of the big debate right now. You know, on, quite honestly, I think most people, they don't want to go to the office anymore. They've, they've gotten a taste of their freedom. They want to do, be able to do laundry on their lunch break, right? They want to be able to take the dog out for a walk. They want to be there for when their kids come home. Even if it's just, you know, they can now run down to the school and be back in 15 minutes total, do that whole drill. And, you know, you can't do that when you're at the office in downtown and you live in the burbs. So we're going to start to see these property sales having an effect on the market and perhaps accelerating the process of this sort of downtown reset we're all expecting, Egan said. I don't think we've reached the bottom yet. I think when we reach the bottom is when things start moving at the bottom. That's when you start to see more and more sales. And that's inevitably what happens. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that are saying, 
San Francisco is never going to come back for the street conditions are horrible and terrible and horrific. Things will turn. There will be, there will be changes. Things will happen because this is not sustainable. I don't think you're going to see California, you know, drop off a cliff and just go to this escape from New York environment. Some people might argue it's already there. I would be one that's done podcasts on that. And I think to some extent, I mean, look at Oakland. Oh my word. You have got the purge going on there. I mean, you've got some craziness happening there. Even from just sitting from the outside and looking at what's going, going on. And you got some nasty stuff happening. So property taxes are the single largest source of revenue for San Francisco, earning more than two billion annually to pay for city services like street cleaning, public health programs, and law enforcement. So when you've got those falling values, oops, how are we going to pay for street cleaning? Because San Francisco needs a lot of that, right? And you've got the poop emoji map, the interactive poop emoji map for the city where you can call in or you can enter in. I saw a pile of poop over here. Here's a picture and you tag it. You know, not every city has that. I, I don't know if you, you knew this. So falling van- values, this goes on to say, okay, you've got in which I've, I think I've podcasted almost every single one of these properties. And the bottom line is, is things are selling for a fraction, sometimes an 80% discount of where they were, were just a few years ago. And some of this stuff is a 30 or 40% discount from a purchase that took place in like 05 when things were really rolling right before the Great Recession. So you've got these declining numbers and you've got expenses that are not going down because costs are not going down just because commercial values are properties are declining. That's not happening. So we're expecting slower growth, uh, slower role growth in the coming year and assessment appeals and the continued effects of the pandemic on commercial real estate downtown are top of our mind for our office, and we prepare for and manage our workload in the year ahead. This is the assessor's recorder's office. They're just making a statement. They got to say something. But here's an example. So for 550 California, this is one that I did do a podcast on. It's expected to sell for less than half of its 2005 price. Half. Half. And here we are 18 years later. Half. If that doesn't tell you kind of where San Francisco sits. That should be a wake-up call, right? It's like, oh my gosh, wow. The city, here's your, here's your boots on the ground fact. The city stands to lose nearly $1.4 million in property tax revenue based on the current assessed value relative to the new purchase price. 1.4. And so 1.4 million isn't a big number in and of itself, but you extrapolate that to all the other buildings that have lost value that will come up as comparable sales that will trade hands that will sell because you're going to have a bunch of them. You always do. So here's a really good example. The North Park office complex in Jackson Square uh, was purchased for $245 million back in 2018. Now it's on the market and it's going to be tested at about 65% less of that. Less, not 65% of that, less of that. That means the city would lose, stand to lose 2.1 million in property tax revenue. And it just keeps on going and going and going. 
And so multiply that by all these buildings and you've got an enormous, enormous doom loop going on. It's just what's going to happen. It's what's happening right now. Personally, the major drop in market values has provided a rare opportunity for Sanuji Presidio Bay Ventures, who recently purchased a mostly vacant 11-story building at 60 Spear Street for $40.9 million, a 60% discount from the $107 million paid by Clarion Partners in 2014. So people are already picking up on the downturn, right? They're buying up on, on the market going down. They're buying on the way down. And they will do very well on the way back up. So in that one, that one uh, equates to 975 grand less in property tax revenue from San Francisco. So you can kind of see how all of this, all right. Yeah. Those property values dropping and sales happening. Mm, yeah. It's not good. So what's going to happen? What is going to happen? You're going to have a bunch of vultures step in. And by vultures, I mean a bunch of investors, people with a lot of money jump into this market because now, even with a fraction of the tenants in a building at the prices we're talking about, you still, you might be able to eke out a cash flow. And with a good size down payment, you know, you come in with a good size down payment, you, you make the, the cash flow work with what you got. You refinance in a, in a market down the road, couple of years down the road when re interest rates drop. That's what some folks would say. Now, whether you have that interest rate market, you know, drop, that's anybody's guess. Some people are saying, ah, it's going to 10, 11, 12%, going back to the early eighties when things were 18%. Sooner than later, the numbers will go from 200 to 400 bucks per square foot, talking acquisition cost. Then they'll go from 400 to 600. And then before you know it, you'll be at a thousand bucks a foot. And that's what always happens. You got to have a turnaround though. And a lot of people are arguing street conditions in San Francisco. They're not going to allow that turnaround because people don't want to deal with that. Big employers don't want to have their employees public you know, their safety impacted. And right now you've got the federal building in San Francisco, basically telling their employees, their federal employees, Hey, you need to work from home because it ain't safe. So before you have numbers happen like that, that's what would happen in a normal market, a normal recovery. But San Francisco and downtown Portland and areas of downtown Seattle, have got the same thing. The whole doom loop thing has kind of hollowed out the downtown core. Nobody wants to jump back in there. But you know what? Investors will, and they'll make it go, and they'll stick with it, and they'll put up with you know the shenanigans and the silliness of homeless people running around with swords. I mean, those are real stories that I am covering on a regular basis. Here in Seattle, we've got a guy, Jeremy Harris from Como. He covered this. We've got a guy who you know is just he, he's a total felon. He's a convicted felon, a probable murderer. He just set fire to a massive encampment in Seattle. I mean, we've got a guy like that. We've got guys down and he's running around, you know, threatening to kill people and judges just let him out in, in Oregon, down in Portland. We've got what's known as the, the sword guy. And then you've got another guy that's running around slashing people in the throats. I mean, legit, these are street conditions that, you know, employers don't want to deal with. 
But for a big enough discount on their office building, they're going to take a run at it. And you know what they're going to say? That's big city. Yeah, it's some big city crime problems. You know, we're on the East Coast. We're an investor from the East Coast or we're an investor from Mumbai or, you know, China, wherever. We're going to rent it out to people we don't know anyway. So if they get their throat, you know, figuratively cut and it's not figuratively story in Portland in the last week. Yeah. I don't think the individual died, but um, yeah, there was some blood loss. Let's just say that. But those kind of conditions, you got you got to start working on some of that stuff as well, because otherwise, yeah, anybody boots on the ground just looking at what's going on, street street conditions are going to go. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, not this one, not this one. Even at that price, we're a no go. So you've got some some wild stuff going on. And, um, so, so we talked about that two to four and then four to 600 square per square foot. And so short term, what's going to happen? The picture in the short term is a bit more unclear. It's going to be ugly for the city for sure. That's the one thing that you can expect out of all this is the fact that you've got a city, it's got its budget that needs to run all these services and with the income just dropping, got that massive, massive gap. And that's what I think a lot of folks are going to be focusing on is like, all right, so what are we going to get for our tax dollars? Because we know you got to cut. You're going to have to raise taxes and cut services. So how's all this work? And that doesn't exactly create an environment where investors want to just run in and say, hey, well, yeah, we'll buy that $100 million building. You're going to have some pushback on that as well, depending on how bad things get. You know, can San Francisco figure out a way to get there from point A to point B, which is the two to 400 to four to 600 to, you know, and maybe it drops down to a hundred. Jeez. Could you imagine? We're kind of looking at it now. Maybe it goes a hundred to 200. Yeah. That's a massive drop in value, massive drop in value because the thousand dollars is literally what we're talking about getting back to where things were at peak level, absolute peak level. So we're, we're not there now. So the, the obvious is that yeah, the city's going to take it right in the backside. That's what's going to happen. So continue to follow news for reasonable people. Cause we're covering this. I'm covering this on the regular. Cause this is happening in real life in real time. And we'll, we'll cover it podcast by podcast at right, that building. It sold for, oh, oh, yeah. All right. That's going to leave a mark. Not so much here, not so much over here, but right here. All right. That's it for me on this one. Thanks so much for being here. We'll catch up with you in the next one. Bye for now.